This is the Blattcast. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Blattcast. Blattcast 548. These numbers sound so preposterous every time I say them out loud. Welcome to our Flash special. I am Christian Blatt, and of course, when I'm going to talk about a big DC film like this, I always want to talk to a, a handful of people, one of them being our pal Will Sterling, who's decided to spend the month of June in Europe. Ooh, but nice. whether he was available or not, I would always want to talk to uh, John Nolan, the raging rhino himself. John, thank you for joining us again on the Blackcast. Thank you. Glad to be back. Hello, Blackcast Nation. Yeah, yes, the nation. Um, so I uh, I always find it uh, interesting to kind of talk about with you in particular. I know the importance of the Flash, and I know and people should know where where can they find your uh, own podcast because you've already done a review of the Flash film on your own podcast. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, RagingRhinoPodcast dot com. Okay. Uh, if you look through my uh, my Twitter feed, you'll see it there as well. It's uh, episode one fifty nine. Okay, great. Yeah, see that. See, one fifty nine doesn't sound crazy like five forty eight. You know. Well, I I'm do just... mine monthly, so. It's... Oh, well. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that makes a bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, you go a little bit, a little bit faster pace than I do. So. Yeah, well, it's it's also over ten years, so you know it's. Uh, yeah. But, uh, in any case, uh, so talk a little bit about uh, you know the importance of the Flash as a as a character for you, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Well, um, Flash is is really one of the the first superheroes that I, I really just just really went crazy over. Um, it goes back to the Challenge of the Super Friends, nineteen seventy eight, and I'm six years old, getting up Saturday morning, back when you know you could only get cartoons on Saturday mornings. And and really, like the only time you could really get them was on Saturday morning. So there was nothing else on on Saturday. But yeah. then you didn't really get cartoons. They weren't the weekday morning cartoons when yeah. we were a kid. No, you know? no weekday afternoon. And many many years before there would be entire networks devoted to them. Yeah, that's true. That's a yeah. great point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I um, I just I watched Challenge of the Super Friends. I just like the whole superhero concept. Um, and then a few months after that. Um, in early 1979, great song by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in the the grocery store with my mom. Uh, this was back in the day when you could you know kind of wander off and still be safe, you know, in the grocery store. And I um, I walked down the magazine aisle, and there on the bottom rack, right, perfect for for a kid to find, are a bunch of comic books. And my eyes immediately go to this. Flash number 275, which I got a glare there. Yeah, let me put you in the in the big screen for our audio audience because there's okay. a way that you can show it off a little better. Nice. So there it is, yeah. yeah. A little bit old center so, the camera. Yeah, it's a so, costume party. It's a costume party. Flash is dancing with Batgirl. You got uh, Bizarro getting shot. And then you have this little, little thing down here. You're, uh, you're cordially invited to attend the last dance and witness the death of, and of course you have a thumb covering up the, uh, uh, the name. Yeah. So spoiler and, alert. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, his, uh, and, and she does die in it, right? Uh, Iris his, is murdered I, at, in, this, yeah. in this issue. Yep. 
my very first comic book at seven years old and the you know the main character spouse is killed there's you know allegations of of infidelity there's uh, illegal drug use you know there there's a, a crazed uh you know uh, uh murderer on the loose i'm seven years old and i fell in love with comic books that day <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more exciting. You know, my first comic book was uh, Marvel's uh, Star Wars number 75. And all that mm-hmm. was was like an under the, the sea community. You know, it was a city underneath the ocean, basically. N- not any of the exciting stuff that you're talking about uh, showed yeah. up in there. Yeah. And uh, I, I'd sh- shortly thereafter, I'd gravitate over to superheroes. But mm-hmm. uh, and I know we've talked about this before, but it's always a, it's always a good reset when we're going to talk about, especially when we talk about the character of the Flash, because mm-hmm. it's the same thing for me. Like my gateway into superheroes, of course, was the Super Friends. Most people that are anywhere in our age range, that was all you were going to get. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you, there really wasn't uh, a lot of stuff. You know, when I was a little bit older, but just a little bit older, uh, mm-hmm. it was Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I really gravitated to Spidey from that point onward. But I mean, I, I loved the super friends all the way up. I mean, eventually there was like a superpowers version of it where they mm-hmm. had a cyb- they had cyborg and yeah. firestorm. Superpowers. That's where, that. uh, that's where this uh, little, little guy comes from the superpowers toy line. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, and for our visual audience, I finally brought up the uh, scan that I had of Flash 275. And, uh, you know, it's such a great, uh, you know, colorful, you know, it's like everything that, that I could see, you know, hooking a kid, you know, just like, oh, yeah, you know, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, obviously this character so important to you from that point onward and you know i mean the first superhero comic i bought was spidey so it was like you know it was always you know, you always have a, a soft spot for for those characters the ones that get you hooked and how did you feel prior to this film you know with the job that ezra miller had done as the flash uh from we didn't really see ezra miller i guess you know, actually, because there's like a glimpse of of them in uh, Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. but and Justice League's the first time. The, the, Justice League's the first time we really get yeah. Flash, right? Yeah, okay, right. And in the way he's treated in the theatrical release of, of Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League is, is vastly different. Yeah, um, you know, he's he's the scared, nervous rookie in in the theatrical release. You know, in the um, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, by the end, I mean he's the one that literally saves everybody, yeah, and um, and proves to himself that he belongs with these super these other superheroes. Um, so it's and and unfortunately, I think the the movie kind of leans a little bit more towards the theatrical release, which I guess is understandable. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I guess if, you know, we'll talk about it, it kind of doesn't matter now that they're sort of throwing out a lot of babies in bathwaters at the same time. But, you know, I think that the, the the theatrical release was like the canon version of it. And then we all got to see the Zack Snyder cut. But that was more, you know, the, the what followed, I guess, didn't really have anything to do with that. But look, I, I thought that the character is great. I, we've talked about how you saw the theatrical Justice League seven times in the theater, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, 
uh, just imagine if you had been able to see the Zack Snyder version <laughs> in the theater, you would have spent like twice as much uh, yeah. time. Been over a day. Literally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would have been quite a day. Um, and uh, when I originally saw uh, the theatrical Justice League with my wife, uh, Flash really saved it for my wife. She yeah. didn't love it. There was a lot of things, but she's like, I really like Flash. So when Flash came around for this movie, I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll check that out. I liked that uh, he and Aquaman had a cameo in the season finale of Peacemaker. I thought that mm -hmm. was nice to give, you know, to make peacemaker feel more real you know yeah. to not just have the shadows of all of the justice league at least they had one or two of them in there which i mm -hmm. thought was great you know Definitely. uh so uh you know and i have uh there are people that i know um so some of them you know people that i would have talked to about this movie i i there is at least one person that i know who under normal circumstances would have wanted to see this movie but they're just too put off by everything that you hear in the news about ezra miller you know, and I can understand it because, you know, there are people that you can separate from the, what you hear about them off the screen and mm -hmm. on the screen. And then sometimes what you hear about them off the screen, it might be too much for some people. Um, but, uh, you know, watching the movie, I think I always use the example of Tom Cruise how good of an actor Tom Cruise is because you see him in a movie and you don't think about Tom Cruise. And when you do think about Tom Cruise, he's so crazy jumping up on the couch at, uh, for Oprah talking yeah. about Katie Holmes, you know, he's doing that crazy laugh talking about Scientology, you know, which I you know, look just the way he's talking about it. I'm not making any, I don't even have an opinion on Scientology YouTube. Yeah. I have no opinions on it. Um, but I, uh, so, you know, and I think that, that's one of the big obstacles to overcome. And for me personally, I feel like Ezra Miller did a good job of that. There's two Ezra Millers in this film. So, yeah. uh, so they're, they're, you're really, you know, it's really compounded for someone who might have uh, a little bit of discomfort. Also heading into the movie is, as we reference the fact that, you know, James Gunn is going to, you know, keep what he likes. And mostly it's the stuff he's made. Yeah. And we'll kind of see who we get going forward. So there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a cloud hanging over this movie, you know, mm -hmm. because diehard people might be put off by Ezra Miller. But then also, if you're really into it, you're like, does this even matter anymore? And I think they're going to face that same problem with Aquaman 2 later this yeah. year. Is like, because that's really the last one. That's like the last DCEU movie. So mm -hmm. knowing how you feel about the characters, where were you headed into this in terms of both of those things? The thoughts of, oh, this is a very troubled person that has a lot of problems, problems with the law. And then mm -hmm. also, is this movie even going to matter? Yeah, well... As far as the 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 second one goes, it, I'm I'm going to see that no matter what. It's a DC sure. movie. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go watch it. That's there really isn't isn't a bunch of a factor in there. As far as Ezra Miller goes, um, as you said, it's a it's a, it's a very troubled situation. Um, there also appears to be at least from what, from what I read, some some progress, some understanding that what was has what's been done is wrong. And trying yeah. to do better, I hope yeah. that's the case, and I hope For sure, that yeah. whatever help is needed gets provided and it works. I um I do believe in redemption. You know that people who have done horrible things and bad things 
can, even though they, they have to live with the mistakes they made and deservedly have to feel guilty for them, uh, they should be you know, given a chance to redeem themselves. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And at the same time, if somebody doesn't feel that way and they can't get past it, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to make somebody go watch a Flash movie if they have a problem with him. You know exactly. I, I have yeah. I have a, a friend who to this day will not watch any program, any any sports program that has Michael Vick because of what he's yeah. done. Yeah. No. I mean, it's a, it's a it's that's a perfect example because you know. And then he, when he had his comeback and he was on the Phillies, uh, okay. sorry, the Eagles. Same difference, really. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's the same same drunk bunch of people in the parking lot. It's just they're walking they're walking that direction to go to the baseball stadium or that direction to go to the football. But when he was on the Eagles, there were a lot of people who were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't really like what he did." And you know, the, the people will make exceptions when they want to, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so so that part, I, I think both of those make sense. So were you apprehensive head into this or did you let yourself get excited for it? Or, you know, you, you know, when you sit down ready to watch the movie for the first time, where, what were you feeling inside before it started? Uh, hopeful. Mm. I, I was, I was really hoping that, that it would be good, especially with, with a lot of the hype that had been coming around. I mean, was it Tom Cruise, uh, you know, had, had given his opinion on the movie saying how great it was. I forgot who else, couple of other you know big name people were talking about yeah and and james gunn before he even got the job as the co-head of of dc's movie division he saw it a long time ago you know he he you know he'd obviously been working with dc on uh peacemaker Mm -hmm. and suicide squad but he he raved about it and then when he raves about it now, you feel like, all right, that's just part of his job. But still, yeah. and yeah, there were a lot of people who had said, you know, I think anytime anybody says any superhero movies, well, this is the best superhero movie ever. I'm like, all right, you're probably selling a little hard, but you know, maybe you walk out of a movie and you get so you're so excited about it. You know, yeah. after I saw Spider-Man No Way Home, I might have said out loud that this is probably the best one. But really, when you think about it. My favorite Spider-Man movie is still the the second one with uh, with Doctor Octopus. You know, oh yeah, from Molina. So that that was like that's still to me that might even be the best superhero movie just in my book for me personally. But anyway, so yeah, there was definitely a lot of expectations that the movie would at the very least just be good. So many people were saying it was great, but uh, so as you're watching the movie, how, what what do you start to think? I mean, it has has a pretty big sequence in the beginning, you know, Barry's, mm-hmm. uh, Barry's trying to get something to eat. And um, very soon we're going to talk about all the spoilers. This is sort of the light spoiler portion Ooh. of the show. But uh, as, as we get into the movie, we will have to, but this part, yep. you know, uh, so, and, you know, he's on call with, uh, with Bruce. I love that Alfred talks about, you know, he called everybody else and then he got down to Barry, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, look, it's a big, there's a lot going on in the excitement. That's what they, you know, they call a set piece. It's such a big, like it's an anchor. It's a big start to the movie. What did you think of the the hospital destruction sequence? Um, I, I like the idea of it. I think that's a great way, you know, to really show off the flash. Um, but um, I and uh, apparently a whole lot of other people uh, really got kind of put off by the CGI. Um, it felt to me at, at, at times during this sequence and other times during the movie, I felt like I was watching an episode of the TV show. 
because yeah. the the, uh, the the graphics were just that off-putting. And yeah. for me, if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about you know the the things like computer graphics instead of trying to concentrate on the movie and finding things to like about the movie, that takes me out of it and it it's it lessens the experience for me. So that kind of began my disappointment with the movie. Yeah, I was surprised that people weren't talking about very specifically for me. The babies didn't look real. It's nope. not like one or two of them didn't look real. None of them looked real. What they were trying to make them do was was too much. And it just, it, it took me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's good that that's at the beginning of the movie because the movie's not really about that. We kind of moved past it. And, you know, it it didn't make me feel like, oh boy, this is, this is going to be a rough one. But I was like, oh, it's really too bad they didn't have more time, which... Yeah, this movie's been in the works. The delays in the movie, you think you would have thought that they would have had time. Uh, So, specifically, it was the babies. Some of it looks cool. Um, And again, my Marvel bias always shows uh, there's never been a flash sequence that, for me personally, even comes close to the first uh, Evan Peters' Quicksilver sequence in X Men Days of Future Past. And the flash sequences are similar. They're fun. They're a lot of fun. But that was the first time we had it, and we, we were all just so blown away by it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, like, I, 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 I think that the attempt is a good one, but they just bit off more than they could chew, right? Is it that simple? Yeah, I, I, I think it is. And yeah, there, there were other things in the... Um... In this, in the movie, like the the whole the, the time traveling, the, the 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 little arena that looks like that he's in, you know, where he's seeing the, you know, the 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 different points in time, you know, that just seemed really odd to me, um, and uh, and things like that. Now, of course, you know, the the director came out like the the day after there was an article I read somewhere where the uh, the director is saying that it was on purpose that this is from. You know Barry's point of view, and you know because of you know he's running at super speed, things are distorted, and that's why it's supposed to look that way. And and we, we meant to do it that way, and that's I'm just not buying that. No, that's definitely they're 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 just trying to. Doesn't this doesn't this sound good? Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And, and, uh, and I was thinking about that. I mean, if he had said that beforehand, then people would have been saying, "Oh, you're just trying to cover it up because you know it's going to be bad." You do it afterwards, oh, just like we are saying now. Oh, you're just trying to cover it up because you're, you're trying to cover your tracks. But uh, yeah, I don't think there was any way to win in that situation. Just do better. Yeah, yeah. So the basically what we get the the crux of this movie, and this is not the first time, you know, and this is by no means a straight adaptation of the Flashpoint storyline, oh, no, but it is the con- it's the concept of the Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. I was telling you before we started, I actually read Flashpoint for the first time for the yeah. show I do for Geekscape, Geekscape Book, Geekscape Book Club. Uh, we did it for there, and I did their their Flash special as well. So yeah. I I have been talking Flash a lot this week, and uh, but I think it's uh, you know I think that there's there's a lot to see. So there was obviously they did this storyline a little bit on the TV show. I think it was the start of the third season, and mm-hmm. there was an animated version of it. So yeah. Uh, you know, the, the concept is a great one, you know, and my frame of reference always goes to Marvel. So there's like an element for the story Days of Future Past where we see, you know, a future where everything has gone wrong. But then also very similarly uh, for something that was called Age of Apocalypse, Professor Xavier's son Legion goes back in time to kill Magneto 
and has a big whoopsie daisy and he kills Professor Xavier. And so then that has this whole divergent timeline, which, you know, when these things happen, you always know like, well, clearly they're going to undo it. But the fun is watching it get undone. Yeah. Flashpoint comic, it's like, you know, it's got like what it, it, invading forces uh, of of from Themyscira and from uh, yeah. from Atlantis, and it's like, oh man, that's so rough and it's so dark. And this movie's not really that. Mm-hmm. I don't think this movie has a bad story. No, it it's just, it's, it's, just it's a different story. Yeah, but it ha- it has this. It, it's kind of like the it's like the post crisis Barry Allen story, I guess, is mm-hmm. that his mom died, right? Because yeah. pre crisis, that actually isn't part of his backstory. Is that correct? That is that is correct. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's actually I think just. Uh, only about, about ten or fifteen years ago that that actually became part of his right. uh, of his continuity that that his mother was was murdered when he was a kid. So yeah, right. And then he, he finds out that it's reverse Flash, and that could have you know, and that might have been something that they were saving for a sequel to this movie. Which you know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about how I can't imagine that there'll be a, a continuation of this story. Yeah, well. uh, yeah, I think even before the box office, yeah, if it had, if it had made like crazy money in the first week, and then they're like, oh boy, now we've got we're in a tough spot. Kind of made it easier for them. Uh, but yeah. what did you think of the choice they made for the story they tell? There's still that moment where Barry decides that he can go back in time and save his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's uh, yeah. I, I did. I like the way the um, they did the story in the movie. Obviously, there's a lot of things from the comic book that I would have loved to have seen incorporated into it, uh, but I understand why they didn't do that. And um, that that, that kind of helps you know growing up as a comic book nerd, especially DC Comics with all their alternate histories. I can go into a movie and think, okay, this is not going to be exactly like it is in the comics. This, this is going to be an alternate version yeah. of it. So that it, it helps <laughs> to kind of have that. Um, the, so the story in and of itself, I thought it was ver- done very well. Um, I, I think, uh, oh heck, the uh, you know the, the acting, of course, you know Keaton and and Kaye, I think they did fantastic jobs, and and uh, I think it was a good touch to to bring back Zod. Uh, you know, especially if you're going to have a continuity where there are no superheroes, you know, no, nobody with superpowers. Yeah. You might as well have a you know something as ominous as as Zod come to, you know, to spoil things. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a great idea for if this event happens in the DC film universe, this is what would happen, and it is a great idea. Uh, but you know, uh, the actor Michael Shannon reprised his role as Zod, but to watch him in the movie, you'd think that he was, uh, you know, one of those uh, AI-generated uh, characters because he doesn't yeah. really do anything, and he seemed to not have been happy with having been in the movie. I was like, I'm pretty sure contractually he didn't have to do it. He said yes yeah. at some point, so you yeah. know, it, it's kind of phoned in, um, but you know, it 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 doesn't ruin the movie. You're just like, yeah. okay, this guy's just kind of, you know, he's he's really just going through the motions. But yeah, and I think. For me, obviously the best thing is the fact that we get to see Michael Keaton as Batman. And, you know, the Flashpoint story has this this switch in history where Thomas Wayne ends up becoming Batman and Bruce got murdered on that night, which is a great reveal in the comic. And Mm -hmm. I actually, because I didn't know the story, I didn't know it was coming. So that makes it even better. Uh, So but to get to give us Michael Keaton uh that's great and just sort of you know the way he you know he was batman um and i think that 
you know, my question for you, first of all, was a question I brought up on another show I did. Do mm-hmm. you think this is the Tim Burton Batman or is Michael Keaton just playing a different Bruce Wayne? I'm wondering what your thought is. I have a thought, but I want to know what yours is first. Hey, you know, I haven't really thought about that. Um, when I was watching it, it, it really felt like, you know, Tim Burton Batman yep. long retired. Yeah, um, that's what it felt like to me, and the you know because they use the score so much, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Danny yeah, Elfman score, lot, they used it a lot, and so I, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't cheap, but uh, you know, so yeah, that's what I felt too. But I'm a, I, at some point, you know, I'll talk about this movie with somebody who will think, no, no, I just think it was like an Elseworlds Bat, Elseworlds Batman mm-hmm. portrayed by Michael Keaton, but it seems like he's he's that Batman, which of course, like when you think about it. The Mike, the uh, Tim Burton Batman is also the Val Kilmer and also the George Clooney Batman because mm-hmm. it's just they just switched the actor. They didn't reboot back in those yeah. days. You didn't rebuild reboot a film franchise just because you brought in a new actor. Exactly. You're just like, nah, it's just a different guy. You know, it was like even with James Bond, they didn't really do that until Daniel Craig. That was mm-hmm. when they finally were like, okay, I guess we gotta we gotta do a soft reboot. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, just to get to see him was great. Uh, that's exciting, but I feel like what, one of the things that really worked well, that I really liked was the two flashes together. I liked them interacting, mm-hmm. you know, young Barry, he seemed probably a little stupider than he should, but, but this was he's a, young, this <laughs> he's, was, he's, kid, he's, so. he's young and this Barry got kind of babied by his mom his whole life, exactly. you know, so, so yeah. it was fine. Uh, wh- what did you think about their interaction together? Um, well, I'm. Of course, the eighteen-year-old Barry was annoying to me, <laughs> uh, which I guess I was supposed to have him because you have to have the older Barry kind of be exasperated with with this alternate version of himself, right? Um, and Barry and Barry even makes the comment like, "Oh my God, this is what it, this is why people react the way they do when I talk or whatever he said." You know, this is what people, and so Barry's already that way. So to be the more annoying one, you have to have that amped, as they say in Spinal Tap, turned up to eleven. You know exactly. Yeah. So the um, the characters themselves were, uh, especially especially the young Barry, but even even the older Barry to to a point was a little whiny, little, little, little kind of a pain in the ass at points. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So even the, I like their interaction, but characters themselves were kind of getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, they they do a fun thing in here uh, dealing with you know changes to the to the timeline, which mm-hmm. was at, it was also a beat that they they hit on the the TV show Fringe, which I was a huge fan of. Oh, that that. Uh, that Back to the Future stars Eric Stoltz, which mm-hmm. most people know, but not everybody knows that yep. uh, Back to the Future not only was supposed to star Eric Stoltz, they filmed like two weeks of of. Mm-hmm. Him. And uh, I, you know, they've like included little snippets of it uh, in like documentaries about it. Yep. I was like, I just like to watch a scene, you know, I'd like to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. But short of that, it's just funny that, uh, you know, it comes up again. It's like Michael J. Fox, you mean the guy from Family Ties? And then, you know, there were like all these other, you know, uh, there yeah. was a mix up with, uh, you know, somebody had switched into Top Gun and all that. So it was all fun, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. Um, it's interesting. I think one of the, one of the big points of the movie is explained really well by Michael Keaton with the bowl of spaghetti. Exactly. You know? Yes. 
That was one of the highlights for me to, to have that kind of craziness uh, be so easily explained by uh, just a simple visual aid and what, maybe two minutes of exposition and it's done and it's great. Yeah. It works perfectly. And at that point, anybody watching it can accept what's happening and just keep on going. So, yeah, yeah, that was no. a great scene. I love that. Yeah. So, and then they have to figure out how to do that. I think uh, it's interesting because one of the things you know that is the same in the comic book is that uh, you know the R Barry Barry Prime. I don't know what you want to call him, but you know older mm -hmm. Barry. Prime Barry. Yeah. He ends up losing his powers, so he needs to get them. And I I still question if it, the I know it's comic books and I know it's superhero stuff, but as like. I don't, I don't know. How are you going to guarantee that uh, you're able to uh, actually create this, the, the accident exactly right? With you know, if it was, yeah. yeah, if he was like some kind of, had some kind of latent metahuman ability, you know, and in, in Marvel, that's usually mutants, but it's the mm -hmm. same concept. And like, oh, a lightning bolt's going to awaken that. I would have bought it, but I'm like, man, he just had to get struck by lightning twice. All right. And it almost killed him the first time. And yep. Keaton's just like, nah. You know, but um, again, it's not it's not a major complaint, but I was also like, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but that beat being from the comics, uh, did that does that did not not give you pause at all in the movie or did you? No, because because I, I was expecting it from from the comic. I was expecting that the, the double, you know, strike. Because uh, yeah. yeah, you read um, Flashpoint, so you know it's actually even more brutal in the comic. You know, yeah, how it was. badly Barry gets damaged the first time. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Uh, so uh, assisting in that, uh, of course, is uh, is Kara, is Supergirl. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a switch from the comic book because that was uh, Kal-El, mm -hmm. Superman. But um, I, I thought this version of Supergirl was great. You know, yeah. um, I'd seen a few episodes of the TV show. I think that uh, that actress, Melissa um, Benoist, Benoist? Or, I think, yeah. yeah, I think she was yeah, she's good for sort of like the cartoony version of Supergirl that you mm -hmm. kind of come to expect. I thought that that was a good, you know, Arrowverse uh, Supergirl. Yeah. Um, you know, while this is not literally a Zack Snyder Supergirl, you're like, yeah, I feel like she fits in better in this DC uh, EU. What did you think right. of Supergirl in this? Oh yeah, especially within this story. I mean, being held captive, yeah. having you know lost your powers, and then you know being free from your captors, gaining your powers, and being able to actually you know get to your to your full abilities. That's I think that worked. She worked perfectly in that character. Just the right amount of just pent up anger, and then being able to unleash it. Uh, I, I think that uh, was. Just, just fantastic. I, I, he was right after Keaton. She was my favorite part of the of the movie. Yeah, and and that's another one of those where you're like, oh boy, it's too bad. We probably won't see her again as Supergirl. You never know, but it's like you know, we know that Keaton was in that Batgirl movie that's not going to come out. So mm -hmm. who knows? Who knows what else uh, we might never get to see? So, um, before we get into some of the bigger spoilery things, I wanted to. Kind of get your thoughts, kind of overall. Um, how did you feel about this movie when it was done? And we'll save for the last bit of the show where we talk about some of the, the bigger surprises in it. Yeah. But just obviously people who haven't seen this, you're probably going to assume that The Flash saves the day somehow. Okay. So 
what are your feelings when uh, you know after as the movie ends, you know, and your your you do the credits start? Uh, how are you feeling about the Flash in that moment? Um, I actually was very similar to well when my wife and I were watching the end of Wonder Woman eighty four. We just kind of sat there and was like, "Huh, yeah, yeah." It was. I mean, underwhelming. That's a singularly bad experience, Wonder Woman 84. I remember my wife and I were so excited because it was like uh, drive-ins were only open here in L.A. at that point, you know, and you could only go and see it at the drive-in. But we're like, we're going to go. And it was like at a a, a theater where like the screen was like on the side of the wall. But you go inside to the snack bar. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like old times. Although they had these giant plastic lids on your popcorn, which all of a sudden have disappeared, but yeah. it was all it was all great. We we're so excited. We both like really the first Wonder Woman movie was so great. Yeah, and, and I was so excited to see Kristen Wiig. I love Kristen Wiig. I yeah. wanted to see her as Cheetah. It was going to be great. Yeah, but that that movie to me is much harder to watch than yes. this. But I understand oh. what you're saying that you had the same feeling. Uh, you know, uh, uh, as with that, where you're like, oh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to start a whole ball of wax, but the uh, uh, as the credits started in uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, I kind of sat there and I even turned to my wife. I'm like, yeah, I didn't love this, and I'd never had that happen with a Star Wars movie before, even the prequels. I'm like, there's something about it. I was like, oh no, this one isn't for me. And it's like when you have that feeling, and it's something you're so excited about. Um, I think mm, emotionally, maybe my connection is a little bit looser. So I was just like, oh, that was really a lot of fun. I liked it. Um, but what do you think it was, as you've had a few days to think about it? Actually, you've had about a week to think about it. Uh, as you thought about, okay, what was it that didn't work for for you personally, John? Well, beyond the CGI, uh, a lot yeah. of the kind of the silly sight gags, like, we all knew when he went into the apartment to speed clean everything, you knew everything was going to be falling out of a closet. Sure enough, of course. right away. And then they tried to do it again a couple of minutes later. It's like, just because it, you use a, a predictable joke twice doesn't make it funny. You know, <laughs> right. um, the whole thing with the, 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 uh, the broken tooth, like uh, completely unnecessary. Um, very they, cheesy. They- we had we had Barry end up naked. Don't forget about the cheap sight gag. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, making fun of character names. You know, uh, you know, making fun of Aquaman's name and stuff like that. It, it, that's that's been played out. It's yeah, fair. At, at some point, I, it's it's okay to take these things a little bit more seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it is a guy running a super speed, but sure, why not just? For well, no pun intended. Why not just run with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe a little bit of pun intended. No, I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, you know this take on Barry, the Ezra Miller take on Barry, is definitely uh, more lighthearted and sillier than even the TV version. Obviously, yeah. you know, but this was that was just the decision for this character. I think that it works. I think you're right that the Zack Snyder version of Justice League, you see, uh, you get a better feel for his character than in a theatrical version. And it's like, it's almost like you see the connection for Barry 
to the Zack Snyder flash better than the uh, theatrical one. But again, yeah. that's, uh, you know, who knows, who knows how it all uh, breaks down in, in terms of the canon. So uh, I, you know, again, I thought it was fun. I, there was a lot of stuff that I liked, but yeah, it certainly, it was one of those ones where I'm like, well, this wasn't perfect, but this was pretty good. And for me, this mm-hmm. was one of the better DC movies, you know, yeah. there's different levels, you know, like I thought the first Aquaman was pretty good. There was, there was a little, little dialogue that was a little a, a little cringy you know mm-hmm. for first suicide squad was really bad second one was more fun you know there's there's yeah. rankings of all of them but like sure. you know w- wonder woman is probably the best one but i'd have to think about it but for me i think that was the one i that was the one where i was like wow that was great when it ended mm-hmm. it was like no notes and then there's some notes on kind of all the other ones you know sure. but um how do you feel about it in terms of do you want to see it in the theater again or would you rather the cgi be smaller and you like you you watch it on an apple watch at some point so that the cgi will look better yeah finally the babies look real yeah uh i i am tempted to go see it again in the theater one more time just to see if i can um find more to like about it if now that i now that i know what to expect from from the cgi i can set that aside and concentrate more on the story and hopefully find more to enjoy because i i really did enjoy a lot of, of the movie a lot of the story I, you know i like you know ben affleck's appearance and in and, and Dots. i like the, you know their their uh, little cameos um yeah i didn't know she was in it by the way Gal Gadot. i i thought that was great like yeah. you know i i don't think that was in the trailer so i Mm-mm. you know you usually figure like okay she's probably not in it but yeah and in general I've usually liked uh, Affleck. Him in the suit looked weird in this one for some it reason. Did. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what, and, what it was, but yeah. But even in the Bad Suicide Squad movie, he he was fine in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like when I see him in the bat suit, it had usually been fine. Uh, but as Bruce, he was he you know he was exactly what we wanted in this. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I could see you know maybe wanting to see it, but uh, you know also. You were a little bit let down, so um, maybe but, I just wait for a date, hit on Max in a couple of months. <laughs> that's true; it'll it'll show up there. Um, for you, uh, that one of the reasons, like I was going to reach out to you anyway, but I remember uh, seeing, you know, you posted on Twitter. You had kind of uh, an interesting ranking for your DC uh, yeah. film, so. That's actually how I knew that, like, you didn't like this uh, all, all that much, really. I think it's uh, fair to say, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, as as you kind of think about it in that way, uh, I can see how maybe it would be hard to rush right out and see it. I mean, obviously, a lot of times, you know, a movie is definitely going to be better to see it on the big screen, but mm-hmm. you know, when like. I certainly, well, I don't know that I'll ever watch Wonder Woman 1984 again, but I definitely didn't rush back out. With the uh, Rift Tracks commentary. <laughs> oh, did, did they do that already? Uh, well, uh, Bridget and Mary Jo did it. The, the, okay. Uh, yeah, so, but but it, Team Rift Tracks did it, so then I would definitely want yeah. to see it. Yeah. But uh, so for our, uh, our visual audience, but I'll read it off uh, for our audio uh, from mm-hmm. your Twitter, at Raging Rhino Pod. Thank you very much. Uh, you have Man of Steel number one, Zack Snyder Justice League, uh, the Ultimate Edition, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Shazam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Aquaman, The Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, Black Adam, and then The Flash, 
then Justice League, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. So your bottom three are kind of like everybody's bottom three, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, for me, Flash is definitely higher than uh, several of those, especially Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods. I would, yeah. And Birds of Prey, actually. I'd say I was actually, I was disappointed in all of those movies. Shazam, yeah. it's because I really liked the first one so much. So that's why the second one was a bit of a letdown. But yeah. um, so... You know, I can see that it was. That's how I knew that your reaction. I'm like, oh boy, he did. He did. I, I didn't think you hated it, but I'm like, he did not love this. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a pretty good assessment. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did not hate it, but I, I did not love it either. It right. um, and and being tepid about it, it's at, for me that's not good either. Not not when it comes to you know a, a beloved comic book character. So. No, exactly. And yeah, I mean, you're obviously the, uh, the bar is set very high and, uh, you know, you're let down. So we're 40 minutes in and now's the point where we're going to dive into all the spoilers. So if you've oh, yeah. stuck with us up until this point, this is the point where you, if you still, if you do listen and you haven't heard it, this is probably the stuff that's going to make you think, okay, I do kind of need to see that. So there are some amazing moments in terms of these glimpses of when Barry looks to these alternate timelines. Yep. And I'm going to just start with the most mind-blowing one, my favorite one, and that's the Nicolas Cage Superman in yep. that suit from the, the photo test shoot yep. with the giant spider from yes. Kevin Smith's script that Kevin mm -hmm. Smith has talked about in his spoken word appearances many times uh -huh. and how the, the, the studio exec just insisted that there was a giant spider in it. Then they don't make the movie. And then the giant spider turns up in wild, wild west, like one year later. Uh -huh. um, that, that was phenomenal. I, yes. I love that. When did you know that moment much. was in the movie before it happened? Cause I sure didn't. I did not know. Yeah. And I was, and I was just as thrilled as you were about it. I, I loved it. And it's funny because I, I've uh, spent the past week uh, talking to, to a few co-workers explaining that scene to them because yeah. <laughs> they and, had no idea. Yeah, and there's a great documentary. I think it's called Superman Lives, What Happened? Because that movie mm -hmm. was going to be called. And that's fascinating. And it's almost like, oh, man, they need to like add on to that documentary yes. now because exactly. it was just fun to see who knows what that movie would have been. It would have been also directed by Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. What a you know, an interesting approach to Superman that would be obviously Zack Snyder also did a darker approach to Superman, but mm -hmm. you know, Tim Burton, very different mind. Uh, so that was fun to see. Um, I think uh, emotionally getting to see Christopher Reeve again. Uh, you and know, Helen Slater together. That Helen Slater. Nice it, it's a nice touch. I didn't love that Supergirl. Oh movie, no, no, no. It's not. But, but still. <laughs> the, the, the first two Superman movies I loved so much as a kid, I had like, I don't know, my third or fourth birthday party was like a re-release of Superman at a movie theater. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was really little. We went to go see it, you know, mm -hmm. and I loved that Superman movie. And after my wife and I saw Man of Steel, my wife didn't love it. And I was like, yeah. I, I think I, I think we need to watch you know, the Richard Donner Superman. And That's right cool. away when it ended, she's like, Superman needs Clark. And she just didn't like the take on Clark in Man of Steel. Just didn't work mm -hmm. for her. Clark is so great. It's a different take on Clark, but Clark is so great. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I loved seeing that such a nice touch with him and Helen Slater. Um, yep. And uh, you know, I think we hear Adam West, right? I don't remember yeah. seeing him. Yeah, he, he does. He does make a brief appearance. Yeah. 
yeah so it's great that we we kind of get uh, some of that stuff you know and it's it's also it's all it's so weird that we're dealing with so many like multiverses and timelines because there's a sequence into the Spider-Verse where we also see from the live action movies and from the mm -hmm. other animated, so, you know, so it's like, it's all, it's all very similar territory. Unfortunately, if, yeah. if they had uh, gotten this flash movie out when it was supposed to come out, they would have been before we got multiple Spider-Man before uh, Dr. Strange went off into the multiverse of madness. But you know, it comes out like a, a week or two after Spider-Verse. So it's like, it's familiar in some ways, but it's also still pretty great. Um, before we talk about towards the ending, which our friend Dominicus Saxon legitimately has questions and wants us to uh, try to explain that for him. And we will explain okay. it for you. Was there anything else from the part that we're talking about right now where he saw different things? I'm trying to remember. Oh, George, George, Reeves, Superman. George Reeves. That was amazing. Yep. I loved seeing that. You know, how yeah. great was that? You know? Yeah. And in that, that same universe with George Reeves, there was the Jay Garrett flash, which I, I thought, and a lot of people thought was Teddy Sears who played, somewhat of that character on, on the television series turned out to be a villain but um but he apparently that's that's not true apparently they they use just like uh i forgot what they what they described for, for the for the special effect it's not teddy sears it just happens to look like him so he's oh, wow. he's on record saying no that's not me i didn't do anything with the movie oh <laughs> uh, yeah so i mean that stuff was fun and it doesn't it doesn't really detract from the movie. It doesn't slow it down so long. Oh, no, and no, no. yeah, look, the Superman thing is going to, a lot of people, I don't think we're, I'm talking about Nicolas Cage. A lot yeah. of people weren't going to realize like how amazing and mind blowing it was. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was still great. And uh, you know, so obviously Barry realizes he needs to fix everything and you know, he does a pretty good job. What do you think about sort of the, let me see if I can structure this correctly. The older version of younger Barry being the, the protagonist in this, obviously it's, you know, it would be the reverse flash. And in theory, if there was a sequel, it, we could have found out that reverse flash was the one who mm -hmm. killed uh, Barry's mom. Uh, what did you think about sort of that version of Barry being the cause of, you know, what was going on? I, I think it was a nice touch. I think it was, a, it was a good way to, you know, since you're going to deviate from the Flashpoint comic book, I think that's a good way to resolve, you know, the, the villain of the story. It's Barry himself. You know, just yeah. one alternate version of Barry. Yeah, no, no. I think uh, I, I think that, that definitely really worked. It was, I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard a few people say it, but it was... It wasn't a shock that 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 reveal. You know what I mean? It, it, it's mm -hmm. you kind of knew that they were building to that. I do love the idea that he tried so many times. You know that mm -hmm. he, he was like, I, "I'll get it right this time," and just you know, you can't give it up. You know yep. what I mean? So uh, I thought that uh, it is always uh, interesting. You know, there's a there there's. Uh, uh, there's like a two-part episode of uh, of a Peter Capaldi Doctor Who where uh, there's Hellbent and Heaven Sent, and he like relives a moment and he keeps punching this iceberg and he has to do it over like a thousand years and eventually he breaks through the iceberg because each time that he relives it, he does it just a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's this idea that like you just keep living it and eventually you're going to think it's going to happen. But yeah. then just Flash realizes that he's like, there's not anything that I can actually, you know, I can actually do about it. So, mm -hmm. 
he does fix everything and it does seem like everything's all right. <laughs> and this was something that I wouldn't say was spoiled, but I knew to kind of expect that it might've happened in the movie. Uh, we do get a pretty great reveal that everything is in place. Everything is the way that Barry remembers it, except yep. <laughs> that Bruce Wayne is, is George Clooney, who of course was, was Batman in Batman and Robin. Uh, which, yeah. you know, boy, if you if you included those movies in your ranking, uh, I would I, I would be shocked if I saw Batman and Robin ahead of the Flash movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always I always have the hot take on Batman Forever that it's not great, but to me, I still feel like just for my enjoyment that Val Kilmer's my favorite Bruce Wayne. He's the one that feels like Bruce Wayne would be. Mm -hmm. uh, Christian Bale was my least favorite, but now Robert Pattinson is my least favorite. So <laughs> yeah, Bruce Wayne, uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, Christian Bale, fantastic Batman, but he, his Bruce always seemed a little off for me. Mm -hmm. um, but Pattinson, I was like, Oh, put the mask back on buddy. Uh, so it, <laughs> It's it's a really fun moment. It's great as a joke. Oh my god, you did everything but he's Clooney and you know, Clooney having fun with it, you know, he says hardly anything. Uh, yeah. what did you think when you saw that, John? Uh actually when I first saw it it, it reminded me of of well, it, it it reminded me of running into an old girlfriend at a collective soul concert. <laughs> You know, a bunch of bad memories and awkward-looking nipples. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great point. Um, I, I was thinking, how how could they make it even more stranger? And I, and I finally figured it out. Here's how you make it even stranger than Clooney appearing: have Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, with Kristen Stewart as Catwoman, and they're carrying <laughs> a, a shiny CGI baby. <laughs> Uh, you just nailed it right there. That's what made it weird. Now, our pal Dominicus Saxon, he just didn't get how that happened. And when we talk about the end credit scene, it sort of, for me, explains it. But what mm -hmm. happened is, you know, that that idea of the spaghetti, and then they talk a little bit about this in, in the comic book version, by going back in time and fix and changing something, you actually create a shockwave in time. And it does, you don't just change things forward from that moment onward. So mm -hmm. Barry went and fixed that and pretty much everything got back, but somehow things had gotten fractured enough that a different, uh, a different Bruce Wayne, in this case, George Clooney is the one that he ended up with. But in that moment, you're like that, that Bruce Wayne, that George Clooney, Bruce Wayne, he lived through everything that we saw in Batman vs Superman and justice league the suicide squad. You just have to imagine that he did all that stuff. He was the Ben Affleck version now. Uh, and, and it's, it's a fun moment. So to me, and there was a difference of opinion uh, when I was on the, the Geekscape flash show to me, Barry figures out what he needs to do and he goes back and fixes it. And then Affleck's Batman again. I don't think we will ever see Clooney as Batman again. I think it was a one-off joke mm -hmm. and this doesn't mean that, you know, he's got a cameo in Aquaman. I think that they took out a Ben Affleck cameo from Aquaman, but mostly because whatever they might've been building to, they're not doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, and when 
in the the end credit scene, Barry's explaining, yeah, we go to these different universes, and and every time Bruce Wayne was there, but he looked he was a different guy. So I feel like eventually he figured out what he needed to do to fix it. Now, what did you think? Do you think he was just like, well, I guess Clooney is Batman now, and I'll just have to live with it? No, I I, I think he's probably going to go back to try to get uh, Ben Affleck's Batman back. I mean, that would, that would make sense, especially at the beginning of the movie when, you know, as, as close as they had seemed to have become. Uh, and, um, and it seemed like they, they really respected each other. Um, so I, I would, I would predict that that character would go back and try to, to fix things and knowing now that he needs to be very subtle and very, you know, and, uh, and careful and not just go back and try to make crazy changes to ripple the time. Right. And that is a fun scene because then we get Jason Momoa, who obviously the movie is essentially over at that point. Mm-hmm. So there was no expectation that he was going to be in this movie. Not at that point anyway. Uh, you know, if he hadn't shown up earlier, why would he show up then? And that was, that was again, something that wasn't spoiled. I had heard, that's what I was going to say about Clooney. I had heard a while ago that, uh, you know, a rumor is that Clooney's in it, but you know, I mean, obviously, when the car pulls up and we only see his feet and all that, I'm like, all right, somebody else is going to be Bruce. I did have the expectation, like, okay, it's probably Clooney because I had heard that he might be in this. But that Jason Momoa appearance, I thought was very funny. He's trying to give Atlantean treasures for like another another bottle of liquor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was that was fun, and obviously that movie is still coming out, so it's good to keep that in there. What did you think of that interaction between uh, Barry and and Arthur, as it were? Yeah, yeah it was it was fine, <laughs> if I yeah. can borrow a, a a common term there. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, the char- Arthur's character basically spent the entire scene, you know, drunk on his ass. Yeah, <laughs> so there there really wasn't much to expect. From the yeah, uh, but, yeah. but it was a nice explanation from Barry. Like, yeah, I keep going back and keep trying to. You know, it's a different Bruce Wayne in the every timeline, but you first, you know, if it's, you know, stay the same. I, I think that it is. It's it's an interesting take to to kind of put to the audience that hey, this character is always the same, but this other character constantly changes. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting. Yeah, so. You know, we don't know what it was that they might have planned next, you know, a year or even two years ago. What would have followed this? Yeah. What we do know is that we're going to get Aquaman 2 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll see at that point, you know, I mean, both of both Aquaman, actually Aquaman, Shazam and Flash all were supposed to come out last year. Yep. But uh, things were so dire at Warner Brothers, they felt like they didn't have the budget to advertise and promote those movies. So yeah, they pointed them to another yeah. fiscal year. But if Flash <laughs> had come out, it would have at least been before Spider-Verse. You know, yeah. I don't I don't think it would have been before Doctor Strange at that point, but it right. still would have been before Spider-Verse. But uh, so, you know, we talked about it kind of in the early part of the show. It's It's an interesting moment in time for DC in live action movies because James Gunn has taken over. I'll be very interested to see his take on Superman. You know, mm-hmm. it is going to be a younger Superman and uh, you know, he's going to build some new version uh, uh, of the the DC film universe 
we'll mm-hmm. see what he keeps, what what you know he takes. It's kind of like with Star Wars where they pick and choose things that they call like extended uh extended universe stuff that's not really canon mm-hmm. anymore like they pick and choose characters like grand admiral Th- thrawn they pick and choose characters from the animated series that you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like they're gonna probably do a little bit of that uh you know the one great rumor is that uh, jason momoa would play lobo and yes. i don't know that character that well but just physically visually i'm like that's a great choice i would love to yeah. see that you absolutely know? so It'll be interesting. What are your expectations for sort of what we get next? You know, obviously we know Aquaman too, but mm-hmm. where, how Blue are you Beetle. feeling? What? Sorry. Oh, and Blue yeah. Beetle. Yeah, Blue Beetle's actually really soon, right? It's yeah. In- yeah, and and uh, James kind of saying that that is going to be part of the DCU, the new, yeah. the new set, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, from from the slate that um, Gunn has announced so far. Uh, I think it was it's five movies and five TV shows. There's, I think, three of them that I'm actually genuinely interested in, and the rest, um, it's various. You know, I, you know, I'll wait and see. To I have no 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 care for it at all. Um, right. Which is the one that you like? Oh, I I, I don't care for that. Uh, that uh, I think the um, I think it's a Paradise Lost. The the Amazons. Uh, oh, okay. Show. Yeah. 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 I, I mean. It's- it's um, like yeah yeah it's it's sort of like the old thinking of like Gotham was exactly uh, Batman without Batman and that Metropolis series was Superman without Superman so it's like well how about we give you Wonder Woman without Wonder Woman I'm like no didn't you realize that that isn't what people really want you know Marvel did that too they had a show on Fox called The Gifted and it was the X-Men without the X-Men and I was like no I don't I don't want that I want the the thing that I want yeah. um yeah, I mean, I've heard of some of that stuff, and you know, I read up on what the authority was and some of the stuff. I'm like, some of this stuff sounds wild, actually, you know. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what it is. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting because I think that this was a really fun movie. I know you had your problems with it, but there were things that you liked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interestingly, as I said at the early part of the show. Uh, my wife really does like the Ezra Miller version of The Flash, and she was mostly enjoying this movie. But then she, uh, when they get to Siberia, she fell asleep. I and and I was just like, oh, I didn't think you were that tired. She's like, yeah, it was just too much. <laughs> you know, there was just too much going on, and uh, she kind of. Uh, you know, I, I had not that my wife never falls asleep in the movies, uh, although fun, funny enough, uh, just the day or the week before my son fell asleep during the last Transformers movie, the one, the Rise of the Beast, that that made a lot more sense. But it was actually like the movie was finally exciting and action packed, but he was yep. so worn out from it. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. Um, and and my daughter, my daughter fell asleep during a big chunk of the live action Little Mermaid. It was like most of the stuff where she's on land. She's like, oh, she's not a mermaid anymore. I'm out, <laughs> you know, but yep. uh, anyway, That's so my wife, fell, my wife <laughs> fell asleep. So she missed most of the Supergirl stuff. And I'm like, that was actually kind of a cool thing. And she saw some of the stuff later. I was telling her, you know, on the walk back to the car about the Nicolas Cage, Superman and all that stuff, you know, but uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, I can see how, and that's what I want to kind of end on is that, the reception to the movie people who see it for the most part like it it was fairly well reviewed 
but I guess the problem is that a lot less people went to see it than uh, Warner Brothers was expecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that it really, you know, the, the only way to describe the box office is disappointing, you know? And I mean, it did come out, you know, a week after Spider-Verse. I know Guardians is still in theaters. Fast, uh, Fast X is still there. You know, there's a lot of movies that people either want to go see again or... Uh, you know, things that have come out, you know, um, are you at all? And, you know, look, there's the aforementioned Transformers movie, which when I say that it's like the second best live action Transformers movie, I'm re- there's a really low bar to that, you know? Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I dropped out of the Transformers franchise halfway through the second movie. I was like, that's it, I'm done. That was a good time to get out. But the, yeah. the Bumblebee one worked because it was I, small. It was yeah. just Bumblebee. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that kind of worked. Yeah, I finally got uh, but, around to seeing that and I like that yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, but honestly, none of them are ever going to be as great as the animated 1986 Transformers movie. So I can't compare anything to it. But um, what are your thoughts about why maybe it hasn't, you know, look, movie, not every movie makes a billion dollars. I'm sorry to tell these right. studios. But yeah. do you think it's what we talked about at the at the onset of the show? You know, yeah. issues about Ezra Miller. Uh, mm-hmm. Concerns about the relevance for DC movies going forward. I, I, I think it's I think it's both of those things, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I'm I think we're going to see the same thing with Aquaman too, not just because of the relevance, but also because of the whole Amber Heard situation. So, oh my gosh, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I know. It's like it's funny. Yeah, there was like a moment. Yeah, there was a moment. You know, where uh, people didn't want to work with uh, with Johnny Depp. He seems to have come out okay, but it's also like it's also lingering for her. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I remembered that you know uh, when I when I was thinking about Aquaman earlier, but I, I didn't think about it today. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be uh, interesting. So our friend Will Sterling, who can't be here, he obviously would feel like the perfect reset for the Flash would be to bring Wally West in. Would you be open to that, or are you more of a Barry guy? Oh uh, well, I mean. Of course, Barry is always going to to you know have a very special place because of my history with the, with the character. But Will is right; all of the really cool stuff about the Flash, the cool concepts like the Speed Force and so forth, those come from the Wally West era. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. If they want to bring in Wally, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think it uh, it'll kind of give them a chance to sort of set it apart, and you can always do Barry at some point. Uh, and uh, you know, I guess I guess we'll see. And, and now, is there anything that you would like to see that has to do with the Flash, and that we haven't actually seen a specific adversary, any kind of storyline? I mean, honestly, the Barry Iris West stuff is not great in this movie. I don't. Yeah. I think they they either needed to yeah. do more or take it out. Yeah, you know? yeah. They they unfortunately they they wasted. Uh, they wasted her appearance, much like they wasted Kristen Wiig in Wonder Woman '84. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was actually thinking earlier. The only Barry Allen rogue that we've seen in any of the DC movies is Captain Boomerang. Right, and he's got some. He's, I mean, he's he's up there. You know, you, obviously, you think Batman's rogues, Spider Man's rogues. You know, Flash is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's definitely in the top ten as far as great rogues gallery goes. Uh, we haven't seen Captain Cold, Heat Wave, uh, Reverse Flash in the movies. Um, 
any of those adversaries would have been nice to have seen at some point. Um, but I don't know when or if we're going to ever get around to that. I know, because it's like we got to take a few steps back. They got to do a reset, and then we'll see uh, what we get. But yeah, um, my uh, speaking of my wife uh, during the Blue Beetle trailer, she just kind of nudged me, and she was like, "Nope." I'm like, "All right, I'll go see that one without you." She just <laughs> didn't get a good feel for it. I'm like, "Oh, okay. I, it seems like seems like it could be fun." Are you excited for that one, John? I am. Yeah, because that that's another one of those nice little obscure characters that I've I've really like. I, I and again. I, I actually like the previous Blue Beetle because that's the one I grew up with, the Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Oh, this okay. will be the, the Jaime Reyes, which, but still, very, very, still fine because it's a good character. Uh, it's like, um, I think it's like involuntary Iron Man, basically, is what Blue Beetle is. He's oh, got a suit of armor that he, that, that controls him just as much as he tries to control it. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, we get a chance to uh, chat for that. Will ought to be back by then, so maybe right. we'll we'll get the gang together and we'll talk about that one. Um, I did see uh, Shazam 2 with him, and we were both a little let down by it. But, uh, you yeah, know, there's still some fun stuff in that. So, yeah. But as always, it's big summertime at the movies. Uh, you know, we had Flash last weekend and uh, Indiana Jones next weekend, which uh, my wife and I went to a press screening of already. I actually really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And you want to talk about having a low bar set, John. It's better than Crystal Skull. But you know, <laughs> what, what, what am I saying by that? You know, it's like it's like, oh, that new Star Wars show is better than the Christmas special, you know, so uh Anyway, we mentioned it in the top, but John, if people want to hear more of your thoughts on not just superheroes, uh, where mm -hmm. can they find you? RagingRhinoPodcast.com and, of course, on Twitter at RagingRhinoPod. And uh, I appreciate uh, you staying up late. Uh, we've uh, oh, actually you. crossed the uh, dateline in Central Time where you are. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's very late where I am as well, but uh, it, uh, you know. Worth it. Uh, it was a conversation that I wanted to have. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, earlier tonight, I told uh, John that I was going to see the new Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid oh, yeah. City. And uh, here's what I'll tell you. Uh, it's it, not surprising that it's weird, mm -hmm. but it's good. It's not great because they're not usually great, but there's a lot of stuff I like. And what I like about it is that it is kind of weird. It's an interesting way to tell a story. It's a yeah. great cast. There's people that I didn't even know were. I, I don't think I remember Tom Hanks was in it, you yep. know. Yeah, so uh, it's fun, but it's like if you, if someone who hears this, if you watch Wes Anderson movies and you're like, yeah, I don't really enjoy that, don't go see this one. You know, it's <laughs> uh, this isn't going to be the one that wins you over. Like if you don't like Royal Tenenbaums, forget it. You know, this this is not that. But I don't know. It's fun. You know, it's uh, uh, you know, I mean, it was interesting. I went to like the the suburbs in Rochester, New York, where I am right now. And it was a full theater for this movie, you know, which is, it's kind of like an artsy movie. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, and I was like, and people were laughing at all the right parts, you know, and they seem to enjoy it. So, uh, cool. you know, we'll see. Uh, anyway. Uh, so check that out, check out John. And of course, check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. As I mentioned, uh, I did recently talk Flashpoint and also 
more talk about the Flash film over on Geekscape. And Geekscape is the new home for my show, uh, our show that we do, a group of us, uh, Marvel Movie Talk, where we've been talking about Secret Invasion. Uh, you want to talk about divisive content, the f- first episode of uh, Secret Invasion and the uh, title sequence that was generated by artificial intelligence. Oh, boy. There's uh, some cans of worms that it's better to not open, and uh, Marvel sure went and opened one. So I just I didn't realize that it was artificial intelligence. I just thought it was bad. You know, <laughs> I was just like, wow, that looks like shit. But anyway, uh, so you can find all those shows and, of course, the black cast can always be found B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T and on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts. Thanks again, John. Thanks again to yep. multiple Barry Allens and everyone in the film. That's all the time we have for now. We will see you next time on the black cast. Thank you for listening to the black cast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on The Bladcast. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.